This is Chris Hughes with the Christian Perspective Podcast with Chris Hughes, where we encourage our listeners to engage the culture with Jesus Christ. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. So enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours, a time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And if you missed a regular show, man, you missed a great show. Well, I don't know. I thought it was good. Robbie, did you think it was pretty good? Yeah. It's absolutely great. We andied up to the mics and everything. Andied, antied, you know, whatever. (laughs) Anti-Andy, maybe that's what I'll call him. And speaking of Anti-Andy, he's not here. He's going to have to andy up next time. Yeah, and it was kind of just a cryptic, uh, I'm busy, can't make it. I mean, there wasn't really any explanation. It was like, I think it's, you know, I want to grab some Bojangles and just sit at home and watch TV. (laughs) And Andy, yeah, that's directed right at you, my friend. Anyway, uh, we've been talking about fatherhood, right? And the the opportunities, the responsibilities, I think I had that backwards, the responsibilities, the opportunities, and the dangers of fatherhood. And and where it kind of came from, I was trying to catch up on some TV shows that I hadn't watched in a while. And just, it seemed like, all the different shows that I had had watched, there was something to do with the father wound. It just, I don't know, it happened to be that week, you know, that I'd missed or whatever it was, but then I just started you know, thinking about all the movies, you know, and I just watched a movie over the weekend that was all about the father wound uh, called Kodachrome on, on uh, Netflix. It's got some pretty harsh language and deals with some pretty difficult topics, but it's a, the whole show's about the father wound. Right. Yeah, it, it's actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rodney took Robbie's mic, and so he just responded that there was nothing there to make a sound. So <laughs> we're, we're so, professionals, <laughs> Robbie. If you make a sound in the woods, nobody's going to hear it. Apparently, you know we've proven that fact. I was just thinking, Sam. It's like you just got to stop watching TV. Oh, I like TV. <laughs> I don't watch it all the time, but you know, there's times I, I like to relax and kind of chill out and watch it. I know, but just when you're talking about. Well, I got all this father wound stuff coming out. It's like wounding, wounding, wounding. It's like danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> it is. It is. But, you know, I think that's if we were honest uh, and had the opportunity to share openly about our life and had the context to, to share openly about our life, I think that it would be most people's stories. You know, there's a father wound in there somewhere and a mother wound and some other wounds, you know, along the way. But, yep. you know, it, it, you can't escape this life without getting it. At some point, right? Yeah, and giving him, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So when we left off from the uh, from the show, we were talking about opportunities. And, and Harold, you didn't get a chance to share uh, about opportunities. So I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, share that before we move on to dangers, if you'd share that with us. His opportunity is it's Halloween, and he gets to dress up like Princess Leia. <laughs> it, it's kind of a Yoda-Leia kind of Yeah, thing. you're right. It's got the Yoda-Leia combination. Yeah. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. I like that. <laughs> the, the thought that has occurred to me uh, here in the last few minutes of all this stuff going on, well, we're like the seven stooges tonight. <laughs> Mo, Curly, and the rest of us. Uh, I think opportunity is one of the things that is 
the strongest that we have. Most of us can look at the responsibility for providing for our family and, and those kinds of things. But one of the things that I just, I have such a great relationship with my son who lives here locally. And I think it's because I took advantage of opportunities when he was young, growing up, to develop a relationship with him that identified us as, yes, father, but also buddy. He and I, for many years now, have have had a, a close relationship like two best buddies. He always treats me respectfully, like you should treat a father. But also, he's free to joke with me and to have fun. We do things together. And, and truthfully, uh, outside this group, he's probably the closest buddy I've got. You guys come close, but I'd have to say y'all are still second place as much as I love you. But that's the one thing I would encourage fathers to do is to take advantage of opportunities to develop that other relationship with your child. So how did you develop those opportunities? I mean, what what types of things would you do to, to foster that? Well, go to ball games, go to movies, listen to... Uh, I, I used to listen to the music videos when they were growing up. Uh, wasn't exactly my preference but because uh, I'm a jazz fan but ZZ Top was great mm-hmm. and so we had uh, you know we had a lot of opportunities that, that I took to be with him doing things that he would like to do and we, we developed a really close relationship and I, I think that many fathers don't have that mm-hmm you know, one of the things that I think Heidi actually had suggested to me when Caleb was little, or I got it, no, I got it from Wild at Heart is what it was, was um, we would do every, you know, couple six weeks, every couple months, something like that, I would uh, put a note underneath his, his uh, dinner plate, you know, and when he'd go to clean up, you know, there'd be this note and say, we're going on an adventure. Right, and I would never tell him what the adventure was. You know, I just tell him, okay, this is what clothes you need to take, or whatever it was. And you know, one time we went to a Colts uh, training camp, you know, and watched it. We uh, just did all sorts of stuff, you know, fishing or, or whatever it might be. But it was a day that I would go spend and and with him, you know, a good portion of the day. And I continued that with Eli, you know. And I think the signal that was was there is your priority. You know, I'm going to schedule something with you, and I'm going to surprise you. Right. And not at the time, I didn't think it was going to have the fruit that it did. But I think you have that. And I think just having real conversations with your kids and conversations is a two way thing. You know, not trying to convince them to your way of thinking, trying to help them to think for their own. Right. How to critically think, you know, and that's that's easier said than done. But I think that that's a big opportunity just to kind of listen and find out where their heart is and, and when they know you listen there's there's definitely some deposits made there in that relationship yeah Jim did you want to share something well I was just going to say that you just touched on danger which is I think the next one and I was uh, feeling pretty good until you started talking about how great a dad you were and I think right. in the first 
in the in the first one I was saying that I was going to do Cats in the Cradle, but I couldn't have taken it because that was how I felt about my parenting. And then I got to thinking in the break here. Well, you know, I did scouts with my boys and and I coached their basketball team and and I was trying to pat myself on the back until I realized that quite often uh, what I was doing right, you know, both the responsibilities and the opportunities were coming out of my own selfishness. So I did not feel like I was a, a good father. And uh, one of the, the things that uh, I felt was my responsibility that fit in well with being selfish as I was preparing my children to be on their own because I didn't want them in the house after they were 18. And I was successful with that responsibility, but it came at a price of having them not out of my life, but uh, there have been long stretches, especially with my boys, of not talking. I had the opportunity to have a great conversation with one a couple weeks ago when we went down to visit him and actually got to talk to my other son who's too busy, dad, you know, can I borrow the car key? I mean, it's, it really was hitting home, some of the lines in the song. But when we did the father wound, and I'll shut up after this one because I probably won't be able to talk too much longer. One of the things I did out of that is I went to my boys and apologized for the wounds I know I gave them. And neither of them said they weren't wounded, but they both said that we knew you loved us and we're doing out of that. So that would be the success. But if you want to see your kids later, you might not want to push them out the door as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. No, that's tough, Jim. Thank you for sharing. We are going to move more into the, the danger part. And um, this particular clip is, is from a TV show called Ted Lasso. And uh, in this, it's, it's about a soccer coach or a football coach that's coaching soccer over in England. We used a clip last week, I think, from it. Um, but he's so nice to everybody and really invests himself in their lives. And, and you don't know what his story is. And so they bring in this psychologist to work with some of the team that's struggling, you know, um, with their performance and just helping them work through issues. You know, so they could perform better on the field and be happier individuals and that type of stuff. And, and so the uh, psychologist starts saying, hey, Ted, when are you going to come, come meet with me? And he's you know, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And so they've met a few times, and he kind of refuses to go very deep. And then she opens up and shares with him some stuff about her life. Well, fast forward, they had played this big soccer match. I don't remember whether they win or lose, but the first call he makes is to his psychologist and or his counselor and wants to share with her some of his story. And so you have the beginning of this clip where he's sharing and they're on a phone call doing it. And then they later we come back, you hear some music playing and that's when they're in the session and she's kind of helping work through it by asking him the question, what was it that you really loved about your dad? Right, and it helps him move towards some healing in it. But I want you to hear the power of a grown man in something that happened at 16 years old when his father committed suicide that he carries with him every day. My father killed himself when I was 16. That happened. 
to me and uh, to my mom. I'm so sorry, Ted. And look, I don't know if that's where maybe some of my issues stem from. No, it definitely is. Right, so that makes sense. Do you want to talk about it now? No. No, not right now. I, I need to get back inside of the team. I just wanted you to know. He was a good dad. He knew that. I think he would have known how good he was and stuff he didn't really care about being good at. He, I don't think he would have done it. And I wish I would have told him. I wish I would have told him more. I was just so angry at him. Because <laughs> he was always gone at work and out with friends or something like that. And then he was gone. And I knew right then and there that I was never going to let anybody get by me without understanding they might be hurting inside. You know? Life, it's hard. It's real hard. Thank you, Ted. I don't know if this is illegal or something, but can I have a hug? Sure. Okay. Are you going to charge me for this session? Of course I am. Okay. For the house call. I appreciate your integrity. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, that's probably why I like the show so much. It's got some serious topics, but there's always humor, you know, right behind it. But uh, you definitely have this man who's made a vow um, that he's always going to let people know where they stand and he's always going to love people well. You know, and that's really affected a lot of lives, but it's not led him to healing. Right, and that's a problem with a vow. You know, they're not necessarily always um, negative. They're not necessarily always something that's evil or, you know, I'm never going to trust anyone again, you know, until you, you know, get in your shell. You know, sometimes they can be really good things, but they don't lead to healing. Right, and so Ted's starting to find some healing, as we find there, and he's able to start forgiving his dad, you know, at this point. And, you know, that's one of the dangers is, you know, we can hurt our kids was something we think and killing yourself is not a minor thing i'm not saying that but we could do something really minor right and we don't think it's a big deal but our kids carry it for a lifetime right if we're not careful and then fast forward you know if it's something big like that oh my gosh you know there's no answered questions or you know all these things right and of course ted's going to struggle anyone would yeah yeah clips like that and and like going to the boot camps, you know, it's where I learned. I didn't know anything about a father wound. I, you know, even, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave from this our talk this evening and, and drive home thinking about things like that. Um, but you know, boot camp was a big part of that, getting me to to deal with those things, wounds that I didn't realize I had for my dad. You know, that that's you know kind of similar, not in terms of the the suicide, but you know, I had a lot of verbal abuse, and I didn't realize how much of that carried over into the anger that, you know, that I had uh, growing up. But because of those things and because of you know, these clips, the things that we talk about in the boot camps, keep going back to boot camps, you should come to boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> but because of those things, it actually made me a better father with my, my son. You know, I've got four kids. I've got three girls and a, and a son. He's five years old. Um, he's the third child. Um, and I'm doing things very, very different with him. We are... At five years old, we're best friends. You know, I, I come walking in the door. He comes running up to me and punches me in the stomach. You know, you, you know, 
that may sound weird, but we, we wrestle, we play, we have a lot of good times. And I look for the, the teachable opportunities. You know, he brought a sucker to me the other day and wanted me to open it. And his sister's right beside of him, and it's the last sucker. And I said, you know, Jacob, is that the last one? Well, yeah, Daddy. Well, okay, your sister, your sister wants it. What do you think you should do? Uh, I want the sucker, Daddy. I, I understand that, but what do you think you should do? Well, it's the last one, and she really wants it, so I'm going to give it to Sissy. And I was like, I'm proud of you, buddy. You know, give me a little fist bump there. I love you, bud. So I, using those things, teachable moments. Now, the daughters, that's like playing Russian roulette. That's a little different. Yeah. Again, I'm blaming the boot camp because you know, going after the, the heart of your daughter, um, you know, I tend to overcorrect and end up wrecking the car anyway and you know, looking for ways to, 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 to fix some of those things along the way. How do you love them in the midst of, you know, my oldest is 14, you know, she's a teenager. And I remember the heart she had when she was little, and I still want to try to teach, you know, I still want her to be that little girl that loved her daddy. And now it's, you know, all you can do to get them to to say hi and give you a hug, right? I mean, it's it's a different world. Mm -hmm. Um, The the, the dangers, you know, we were talking about the dangers uh, of of rearing our children. Danny, you mentioned, you know, teach the, a child in the way they should go and they won't depart from it and, and as hard as we try while that is a promise in scripture it's not always reality you know you look at even scripture and you see hezekiah the you know, greatest king who ever lived but he still had a very evil son so you know we, we can tend to beat ourselves up and think we could have done better and sometimes we've done all that we can do you know just like us we, you know our kids have their own minds they get to they get to make a choice mm-hmm. um so yeah. Danny, did you have something? Yeah. Kind of a story is kind of recent, but um, the emotions have been raw in my family. You know, since mom passed. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with dad a while back, and this is kind of a threefold deal. It's kind of cool. And I was talking about dad never been an emotional guy. I'm just the opposite. I cried, drop a hat. But I asked him about the thing. I said, you know, we'd look at you growing up. And you were like the, I remember when his dad died, we're sitting in the funeral, I'm 18 or something, and I'm looking for somebody, and I'm thinking, I can look at dad, he's strong, and he's weeping. I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, the rock has melted. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about that, and he said, you know, he said, I tried to bottle everything up. He said, I shouldn't have done it. He said, but I felt like I had to be strong. And I thought, wow, there's a perspective. If I'm looking at you like, you're the man. I'm not. And it was a wound that actually came out. And I was talking to my daughter about the same thing. She said, Dad, she's always appreciated the fact that you did show your emotions. Mm-hmm. She said, I actually look at that as a strength. So kind of some healing that's happened. And yeah. I, you know, as I sit here and listen, and I'm, I'm just asking God, you know, what? <laughs> I got anything to offer here? <laughs> And I feel like the one thing that I has really come through for me is I just keep praying, praying, praying. I love my kids. I love them with my whole heart. And I keep praying, God, show me a crack in the armor somewhere where I can get in as they get older, you know. And I was, you know, and I that's my constant prayer. And I was listening to the, the Ransom Heart podcast, or maybe it was a Good Soil podcast, one of those things from Wild at Heart. And um, 
Morgan's daughter was like 15 or 16, and he was going to give her a promise ring. But the promise wasn't that she wouldn't be, you know, not promiscuous or whatever, but the promise was that he was going to give her this ring that he promised that he would love her forever, and that's what this promise ring meant from him. And I was, it just broke my heart because I thought, man, would that have been cool to do for my daughter when she was that age? And God just said, is, you know, he heard all that. And he said, well, what about now, Robbie? I mean, why can't you give her one now? And I was like, wow, maybe I could. You know, maybe I could. And so I told my wife, and, oh, she was like, oh, that would be so cool. And um, I think it was a couple Christmases ago. And um, we went out and got the ring. And, and I just can't even begin to, to share that that was a chink through the armor, right? That the, here's this struggled relationship. I made all these mistakes. You know, she was strong-willed. I was harsh, all those things. But God continues to give us opportunities if we love and we pray, and we're just looking for that little crack somewhere where we got an opportunity to go in there. And, and actually, with both my daughters, I, I've had some of those uh, in spite of. So I hope that, 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 that you have hope out there listening that even if you're in the boat where I am <laughs> like wow I'd like to figure out a way to get back and I mean I think if you for me if I really really continue to love and continue to pray God's going to give me opportunities as I listen to shows like this and I try to try to learn yeah I was able to <clears throat> take uh, that idea and did it with uh, my youngest daughter uh, around a, a the fire pit one night with a lot of loved ones around and you know it just meant a lot to her heart you know and um because she was i kind of she saw me doing the adventures with my sons uh, from a distance she was already in college you know at that point and i think there was something in her that kind of wondered okay why didn't you really do that with me we did father-daughter dates but it wasn't as intentional you know and so it was an opportunity to kind of speak back into her life um one of the things i wanted to share about the power of the boot camp is I probably wounded my kids the most over a wound that I had, right? Which was, um, you have nothing to say. No one's going to listen to you, you know? And if you've listened to the show very long, that's one of the longest wounds that I've had from my oldest sister since as long as I can remember, you know, and God's really worked on it. But before I came to boot camp, you know, and my kids wouldn't listen, I would get into a very, very irate place quickly. Right, and I never knew why. It just made me so mad until I went to boot camp, and God helped me unpack that wound. Of you know, it, I got this thing. Oh, well, you're going to listen, <laughs> one way or another. You're going to listen, and whether they were you know three or they were thirteen, you know, they were going to listen. Right, if that meant grounding them, whatever it took. Right, and as I got more healing in that, it allowed me to have more grace with them. You know, and I didn't have to, I could still want them to listen and, and to show me respect, but I wasn't going to get to the point where I was so vocal or so angry or, or whatever the case may be or overreactive, right? Now, that doesn't really work, I guess, with a restaurant and a pickle because it still kind of makes me mad when I don't get the pickle <laughs> and I've asked for it, you know, like every week. But I, God's still working on me. Maybe this boot camp will get the pickle breakthrough. We I'm all really got not sure. at dinner tonight, just so you know. Yeah, you do when I'm not there. I, yeah. <laughs> So I just order meals without pickles now. Anyway, Wayne, you want to add something? Uh, just, I mean, you know, Robbie, what you were talking about there, just 
going to God, asking Him, "What do you? What am I supposed to do?" Because if we do it on our own, we are we're going to mess it up. And you know, I, I just recently found something where you know I wounded my daughter um, in in doing some things that I I saw needed to be done, some things that needed to be taken out of the house, and and but it did it it hurt her heart because she had spent so much time on some of these things. Um, it was part of her identity and who she was. Um, but there was darkness there that, that, that needed to go. And, and when I found it, I did. I, I wanted to, to address it right then and there. I wanted to, to go and have a talk, sit down, and, and let's, let's, let, you know, more of a, uh, you know, why do you think daddy's toxic kind of thing? <laughs> let's talk about this. And, and, and God said, no, no, not right now. And I, and I got really still. And I did. I asked him, you know, what do I do about this? And he said, just leave it alone. It'll, it'll take care of itself in time whenever I, I'd let you deal with it then, but not right now. And, and I could have. I could have made things much, much worse. Um, it could have betrayed um, some things with her in terms of, uh, of uh, her privacy and things like that. Um, you know, in, in the way that I found it, you know, in cleaning up her room, I found a, a writing that she did, and, and I read it. And, um, so it could, have, it could have put another wedge in between us to where she wouldn't talk that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that same night, um, we ended up playing um, Yahtzee uh, at the table with the family. And, you know, it was a great time. You know, again, this is my oldest daughter. We, it's hard to get her to talk to me. She's 14 years old. And, um, but it, at the Yahtzee t- table, at the, at the game table, everybody's having fun. Everybody, and what my wife and I will do, we'll just start asking them questions while we're playing and get them to kind of open up about some things. And they don't even realize they're doing it. Um, it it's, it's really cool how that works. Yeah, I found uh, for my youngest son, uh, who can now drive, if I have him drive, he will talk. You know, because he can't look at his phone, and so he'll talk, you know, the whole time he's driving. <laughs> if I'm driving, there's no conversation. You know, and so I'm like, hey, you want to drive, bud? <laughs> you drive this, you know, first part, man, I can just ask him stuff. He'll share with me. He'll talk. You know, he'll throw things out because he's got nothing else to do but drive right and so he's willing to talk and so see it's interesting you mentioned that because my you know she's at the age now where she's going to start driving next year and my wife is you know she's she's starting to drive the four-wheeler around the property she's starting to drive our car up to the barn to, yeah. to take care of the chickens and my wife is like you yeah, know maybe you should take her out and teach her to drive and, and out in the world you know kind of like you know my dad had me driving when i was 12 years old you know by myself in the driver's seat out of town. So. Yeah, probably not recommended. No, no, part. no, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. Now. Yeah, <laughs> we, we would go to the school parking lot. You know, I, I hate to admit, I, I showed my kids how to do donuts and For snow. local North yeah. Carolina uh, <laughs> police departments, he lives in Virginia, don't worry about it. That's true, that's true. <laughs> and we won't tell you his last name, so you can't really go look that up. But I know we've talked a lot about the boot camp. That was not really our intention going into the show, but when it makes such an impact in your life, you just want to share it. And, and all I can say is just please really consider coming to the boot camp coming up November 18th through the 21st. We're going to have it in a beautiful place in Moxville. Yes, there are beautiful places in Moxville, and we're going to have it out there. MasculineJourney.org. This is the Truth Network.